0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around.
2: D.J. Moore last night. Happy for him personally. I I believe we could be happy for him personally while being unhappy for all of us personally (laughs) as Panther fans. Mack and Bone with you. He went off last night. Eight catches, 230 yards. It started right away with 78 yards and a touchdown on the first drive. And he kept it up through the whole game. Had the big long touchdown. Another long touchdown to end the game to to cement it against Ron Rivera's commanders uh, and the bears get their first win so not only bone does dj Moore ball out and i knew these texts were coming i knew we were going to have to have the conversation of how do we feel about trading him away now he's up over 500 yards five games into the season uh but not only did that happen bone but the bears winning this game means that the panthers are alone on winless island We are now the only inhabitants of Windless Island, Bone, as well. So throw that one in
0: there. Normally on Survivor, the uh, legendary uh, reality show, you want to be the last one left. (laughs) But this is not. This is, uh, we are, as I call it, Mac, we are in the Windless Protection Program. (laughs) We are. No one can find us right now, right? We are. The Bears were with us, and they got sent away. (laughs) And going to break, I said by accident um, that DJ Moore, um, Had 2,000 yards receiving last night. I met over 200 yards receiving There you go. Clean that up a little bit. Now, for the season, he could get 2,000 yards. We'll see
2: about that. He already, Bone, has more receiving yards than any Bears receiver all of last season. And he's less than a third of the way into the season. Uh, Justin Fields and him, the last two weeks especially, have been tremendous together. I've been a field skeptic at times. Maybe they're putting something together. Uh, out there maybe maybe the old friends of fields were turned bone the panther fans <laughs> that wanted fields here uh they, but as far as this dj Moore thing goes i gotta play we gotta play panther fan fan therapist here bone how does it make you feel panther fans how does it make you feel seeing dj Moore go off like that while we are reportedly searching for a top tier receiver because we don't have one because we traded him. I, I saw a lot of stuff on social media of saying we shouldn't have traded him bone, but the thing is, I understood the trade at the time and I understand it now. like franchise quarterback is the number one commodity in all of sports. If you don't have one, there's a ceiling on what you can do. and I hated the and I understand the criticisms of you took away like the like one of the number one things, that uh, uh, that the quarterback you're going to draft needs right in a stud receiver, but I just felt like that's kind of what we had to do to get to get the number one pick. Now, if if our quarterback was playing like C.J. Stroud is, right? If Bryce was playing like C.J. Stroud, I think everybody would say, "Good for D.J. It's worked out for both of us." But because Bryce and it's not just him; it's the whole offense has been so brutal, Bone. It opens itself up to questions. Did we trade away this stud and 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 not get a franchise QB back? Even he's you know? also
0: got a young rookie flashing immediately in Tank Dell. Uh, Mingo's been you know he's been injured now. He I thought he might take some time, but that's not helping the cause either. Mac that Stroud has a young rookie that's balling out our young rookie who I still have hope for uh, as we should. He hasn't played enough to write him off. Uh, we really could use. We talked yesterday about what are we looking for the rest of the season? Where's the hope? What are we watching? I would like to see Mingo get more involved when he's in there and, and do some things. I have a stat for you, Mac, about these wideouts right now. I just looked it up. If you take away Adam Thielen's 287 yards that he has this year, right now, DJ Moore is closing in on passing the Panthers, the rest of the team. He's got 531 receiving yards. The entire rest of the Panthers team outside Adam Thielen has 577 right now. So that is not, and I'm talking about tight ends, uh, backs. Anyone that can catch a football this year for the Panthers is, is barely ahead of DJ Moore outside of Thielen.
2: So do you, sobering, very sobering. All right, there's a lot of sobering stats and facts as a Panther fan, and I don't want to be football sobered. <laughs> I do not want to be. Do Are you of the camp? Because the text line is going crazy. Panthers front office incompetent. I told you we shouldn't have traded him when we traded him. We got one of those I told you so's. Do you think, t- like, because I'm not surprised DJ Moore's balling out. I bet, well, you know, I was one of his biggest supporters here. I thought he didn't get enough respect from the local fans and the national media. I thought he put up pretty consistent numbers, except for last year with Baker early in the season. Despite the musical chairs, bad quarterbacks that we had. Um, Do you do you look at this and and do you agree with the texters that are saying we made a mistake? I don't think so, because that
0: means that we're calling Bryce Young a mistake, right? That means we're ready to give up on Bryce Young. Right now, the Bears are getting the better of it where we sit today off of D.J. Moore's performance. Look, man, Justin Fields has a perfect passer rating this year throwing to, to D.J. Moore. No lie. 27 for 34, 531, five touchdowns. Where we sit right now, if we said, who won the trade? Well, you'd have to say, well, the the Bears won it for right now today. But it's not about today. It's about end of the year, end of next year. It's about years down the line how we analyze this trade. I'm not going to say that I'm I'm upset that DJ Moore's gone because that means I'm upset that Bryce Young is here, and I'm not. There's a long way to go as we analyze Bryce Young. He's not a finished product. DJ Moore as a receiver – Pretty much is. And he's showing that right now. But I'm not going to sit here and and analyze this thing from the standpoint of a mistake because I'm
2: not writing off Bryce Young. No sir, no how. Buck Nation wants you to admit. He wants to know when we're going to admit Bryce isn't the guy. Um, No, we're not. I'm not doing that. We're going to give him an actual time of a couple few seasons. Dan Orlovsky on Monday Night Football when he did the Panther game says give him 36 months, three seasons. You got to at least give him two seasons. Justin Fields is in his third season. Mac Jones is in his third season. Those teams are still trying to decide if that's the guy right so um and, and and one looks like the guy the last two weeks and one does not But so I know that it's a hot take microwave society, a fast take society, but we do have to wait on this. When the whole point is trading up to get your future franchise QB, we got to give it some time and see if he becomes our future franchise QB. This texter says, let's see who won the trade. DJ Moore looks like an all pro receiver. We are currently searching for a number one receiver. The quarterback we traded up for doesn't look good. And the Bears are probably going to get the number one overall pick courtesy of us. That's what Bone's saying, though. Right now, this, this thing could be an absolute beatdown of a trade. Like, if Bryce Young is not a, a, a franchise QB, Bone, and I'm with you, I'm still holding out hope than he can be. I think we've seen flashes, especially last week when he hit seven and nine of those intermediate throws over the middle. Um, I, so I'm still holding out hope. We can get a uh, supporting cast around him. He can start learning from his rookie mistakes. But there's no doubt that, like, it, it's it's scary. I, I'm not saying it's not scary. Like, it has, you know, if Bryce doesn't come through for us, this is going to be uh, a big old mollywhomper. You know what if, I mean? If,
0: if you're, Mac, when you're grading a trade, like, in the NBA, and it's a known product, a guy we know who he is, traded for a player we know who he is, and they match up and it's like, all right, you can see which team may have won the battle of that trade of guys that we know when you're analyzing someone picked in a draft, especially at the quarterback spot, it can look one way right now where it goes, Oh yeah, that they, they won that trade because we don't, we haven't seen the full development of the other side of the trade. We have not seen Bryce young fully develop yet. So you, if you want to grade a trade right now, if you want to analyze right now, the bears, Panthers trade, bears won. Bears won the trade, but that doesn't mean you're going to be right months down the line, years down the line. You want to be right right now? Go ahead. Brag about it. You, Bears won the trade. You got, you were right. If you're one of those guys, you were right. doesn't mean you're going to be right long term. If you want that satisfaction now, go ahead. I, but we can't analyze
2: the Panthers side of this yet. This uh, texter says, well, how many times do I have to tell you guys it's not about being right? I'm furious that the Panthers messed up again. Um, yeah, I'm not saying everybody out there is somebody like, because I have to be honest with you, I don't think my fellow Panther fans, y'all, I don't think y'all liked DJ Moore that much when he was here. They did not. I, I, w- I feel like I was on here driving the bus, Bone was sitting right there with me on the bus, and we were trying, we were on that uh, DJ Moore wagon trying to tell you how, how good he is. And I don't feel like, I feel like a lot of y'all said he wasn't number one. So I, I don't think it's people that, like, I don't think a lot of people lamented him leaving in the first place. So I don't think it's a lot of I told you so's. It might be I told you so's on Bryce. I definitely kind of feel that one. This texter says, guys, can we at least admit, though, that we should have been willing to trade Derek Brown instead of DJ Moore? See, now that's a tentacle of this conversation is the fact that reports came out afterwards that we said no to the Bears on Derek Brown. They wanted a stud veteran included, right, if you're going to get number one. Credit to Ryan Pace. He, he was going to hold out for a stud veteran, and he knew we were desperate. To get up there and get our quarterback, I, I would still rather have Derek Brown. I think he's getting better constantly, and I think the big war daddy defensive tackle, the freakish defensive tackle bone, I think that is harder to find than a stud receiver. And I know that seems laughable now, but like if we didn't have Derek Brown and we had DJ Moore. Yeah, that's going to help Bryce out a lot. And I get it because that's the most important thing. But it's going to open up another problem. Like, y'all think our run defense is bad now? Imagine if Derek Brown wasn't on the D-line.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. Mac, I remember the, the day, the afternoon, when it got announced that the Panthers traded up for number one. We found out it was DJ Moore. We all kind of had a similar reaction. We're excited to have number one. We hate to see DJ go, but we get it to get a franchise quarterback. That wasn't just our sentiment, Mac. There was a lot of fans that kind of said similar. There was a lot of the fan base, social media, text line, the shows that afternoon when we came on the next week, there was a lot of fans that liked DJ more, but said, we get it. He had to go. Now all of a sudden it feels like a lot of people are being what a little
2: revisionist that, now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's all I told you, so. It's well, almost why did, like. Why did we let DJ Moore yeah. go?
0: Let's go back and check your text log here. Yeah. Guarantee if I scroll up there, you probably were excited
2: that day they traded up for the number one pick yeah, in the draft. That's a good, it's a good. It's a very good point. Mac and Bone with you. This text says, if we could go back in time, the right move would be not to give away DJ Moore, not to trade all the way to one. You could have got to four or so and got or three and gotten Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, I, I get, I get all these second guessing theories. And listen, the Panthers front office does deserve to be second guessed. These, <laughs> there's so many moves, Bone, that have been the wrong dang move. So. It just, if this does blow up in our face and Bryce can't play, at some point I'll admit it and say, dang, we got hoodwinked on the trade. What do you think about this one, Bone Man? This is another one I get all the time. Don't like it. This, <laughs> you ain't going to like it. How did you know? Uh, unnamed texter. Guys, it's one thing to sit there and, and say Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck started slow. That's fine. But they at least had moments where they looked the part on the field. Bryce Young looks like a Pop Warner quarterback on the field. He doesn't have any arm to get the ball downfield. (laughs) He looks like a child, and he's going to get – he's already been hurt, and he's going to get hurt worse. See, I have a theory. That's not- a person that
0: doesn't know what they're talking about with the arm strength. He has a good arm, not a great yes. arm. His arm is better probably than the Manning brothers were. Tom Brady, not a great arm. Joe Burrow, not a great arm. He does Montana, need to let it rip, though. He,
2: he needs to trust you- his arm and let it rip so, a little sir, more. So, sir, I have a question. If he had the
0: arm of Jeff George or Kyle Bowler, that's better for you? Because there's a lot of great arms that aren't good quarterbacks. And there's a lot of good to average arms that are all-time great quarterbacks.
2: Know what you're talking about before he texts. But he's got to rip it, though. He it's, he, no, he is, does. He is not ripping throws to the outside in the in the intermediate, and it's causing people to say he can't make those throws. I think he can. Um, he's been great over the middle intermediate. He's got to rip it downfield. He had, had him feeling wide open on a seam, not wide open, but open on a seam in the end zone to, to possibly tie the game bone. And he didn't, and he's got to let it rip,
0: man. He's got to let um, it rip too with the guys like uh, uh, Ian Thomas and not hit him scoring in the helmet next
2: time. <laughs> I have a theory though. I have a theory on Bryce. Um, and we have the one man in Charlotte bone. That is not leaving the Panthers side. He, Cannon? He, he wants to No, he's left. He's okay, left. Uh, the one man in Charlotte that wants Panther fans to get their minds right on the phone here in a second. But my theory is that the reason why people are writing Bryce off so quickly is the way they that he looks, that they look at him and he's small. He his Even his face. He looks like a teenager. Looks like one of Little Mac's friends. Um you know, and I, I just think they look at him, Bone, and he's not the big. Like I think if he was six five, but the results were the same, I think fans would be more willing to give him a chance. I think they see him struggling and the offense struggling, and they look at him and they're like, "There it is, that little itty bitty quarterback can't play." I believe it. It's just you see him, and the results aren't good, so you're not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think it's sizeism. I like think it's one hundred percent sizeism is going on right here in the city of Charlotte. I'm not been, happy about been, it. Been there before. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> do, we uh, need, do we need to go to the bastion of positivity right
2: yes, now? Yes, I know you're not happy about this. I know you want this segment canceled, Bone, but I'm sorry, man. All right, I'm not about that. His record's, going under, his record's going under 500 right the now. The man is here. I simply asked this man yesterday. I said, times are hard. Do you still have it in you to fire up the fans? And this man gave me a resounding yes Sirloin loin of beef with the Panther pep talk on a football Friday. Beef, why are you still fired up, baby?
3: Woo, baby, it's the bright day. Don't doubt the man. He's going to be all right. We just got to give him a little bit of time. This weekend, when they meet the Lions, he will prove to everyone, all the haters, all the doubters, that he is the chosen one for Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Carolina Panthers, baby. Woo, we got him going on. We're going to win it 17-14 with Eddie Eddie Panera's foot. I'm telling you. You feeling it, Beef? You feeling it. it. I feel like Beef. Hey, I'm I'm on 485. Do a donut. Going crazy out here trying to get these people fired up about the Panthers this weekend. It's
1: a hard we job. It. It's a Whoa. hard
0: job, Beefy. You the man, Beefy. Enjoy your donuts. He, he's getting donuts? No, he's doing donuts with oh, oh, his car oh, I think. On, on 485. I think that's what well, that's he's doing. quite a situation
2: there. Boomer will have that in the next traffic report. <laughs> a crazy man is screaming about the Panthers doing a Ric Flair woo <laughs> and doing burnouts uh, uh, in the middle uh, of 485. How does he still do that, Bo? <laughs> even Panther Mac, even the Homer ass Panther Mac said, that. Hey, Eh, we ain't winning this game. Did
0: you notice at one point he paused, though, today? <laughs> yeah, 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 he ran out of his gas
2: for a second. He ran out of some steam. Mid- you keep doing it, beef. You a better man than me, baby. Keep it up. I hope you're right. Mid-donut, he, he stops.
0: <laughs> Constipated Carl, by the way. I don't know why that's his name, though, in the text line. But Constipated Carl says Burrow has a great arm. Joe Burrow does not have a great arm. That's the thing about Joe Burrow
2: and why he's got good arm. He's
0: got a good arm, not a great arm. That's the thing about some of these. He doesn't have an elite level arm. That was sort of the the question about him back in college early. Joe Burrow did not have a great arm, but yet he managed to become Joe Burrow.
1: Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.
4: Whether
0: it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on The Wesson Walker Show...
5: I do want to talk a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers. People are feeling a little bit down going into a football Friday West. And it's because of what we saw last night. We were reminded (laughs) frequently as Panthers fans, frequently about the trade Mm -hmm. that sent D.J. Moore to the Chicago Bears because he had a career night. He would add a career night had he not had the last 50-yard touchdown that he did where Forbes makes a jump on it. And I don't even know if that was a great throw by Fields, by the way. It's not that I'm hating. It's just, man, it was just high enough. Felt like he threw it scared, which he should have because Mm -hmm. Forbes was making a break on it. Mm -hmm. But how about the concentration of DJ to be able to bring that thing in? And then once Forbes made the jump, nobody in front of DJ, he's able to run it in. Even before that catch, had a career night. And then that just made it just ridiculous banana level.
4: I wondered the same thing that you did because I know Justin's pedigree from high school and the records he set at Elite 11 with accuracy and things like that. And At Ohio State, he was pretty accurate. And I know uh, it's been a mixed bag in chicago but last night when i saw that last throw the dj i was wondering i said did he place it there i felt like he did Regardless of the fact, he came out balled out. He's my fantasy football quarterback as well, so I enjoyed all four of those takedowns that he threw for uh, last night. But, yeah, man, that's like the girlfriend that uh, moved on from you, and uh, she upgraded. And she's now <laughs> dating a guy that treats her uh, fantastic. And Well, I can't say fantastic. They are one and four. But uh, last night, though, they it's like <laughs> she got her moment to shine on you,
5: and that's what he did last night. Well, but, okay, if, if we want to roll with this example, which we like to do a lot in sports, radio. The the (laughs) thing is, maybe they're winning the breakup right now. Yes. Like, they can win the breakup, but we can still hit the gym, get in good shape, and then win three years from now when nothing's going right for them. Playing the long game. I like that. I I mean, you can play the long game. That's what we're having to do if we want to win this relationship here, okay? This ex-relationship with DJ. But we were reminded quite a bit. We were reminded on the broadcast. Al Michaels is telling you how that trade went down. DJ Moore, in his post-game interview, they asked him, I know you weren't here last year when the streak of losses started, but what is it? mean for the morale in the locker room that it comes to an end and then he said well i didn't win a whole lot from where i came from yep. okay so when i was back in, you a little d you know he didn't say carolina but we all know where he came from exactly. he said it's not like i was winning a lot there anyway and so he was happy to get a win as well it's unfortunate we talked about it at the beginning of the show dj moore going for a career night it it shouldn't change your decision to go all the way up to number one overall and go get your quarterback. Because if you think there's a quarterback that is going to be your franchise guy for the next 10, 15 years, then you gotta go get him. You gotta have that conviction. And if if DJ Moore is the thing that separates you from doing that, then you gotta give him up and go get your guy. Here is the thing that leaves them a little susceptible to criticism. In fact, honestly quite a lot susceptible to criticism here. It's the fact that Brian Burns could have been a part of the trade package. You haven't paid him. We all saw this offseason coming where we knew Nick Bosa was going to set the market and that Brian Burns was going to ask for a lot of dough. And you decided not to pay him at the beginning of the season because of how far apart you were. Okay, this could be on the Carolina Panthers. This could be on Brian Burns. But, Wes, I'm just not as surprised to hear Brian asking for $30 million. If you didn't want to pay him that... I just felt like they should have they should have anticipated him asking for that number mm-hmm. and then maybe you could keep a pick Because we know the premium on edge rushers, especially good ones like Brian Burns is. So maybe Brian Burns is the guy that you send to Chicago, you keep DJ Moore, maybe you even keep another pick, because there were reports that it was Derek Brown, Brian Burns, and DJ Moore that they were asking for. Yes. So this is the thing that leaves them susceptible to criticism. It's not that I wouldn't do it over again, okay? Hindsight, even just four games in, we haven't learned a ton, but it does leave them susceptible when you're talking about Brian Burns not being here for the long term
4: yeah and so I think too what the Panthers felt like is that receivers as many of them uh, come out that receivers are easier to come by than pass rushers especially a young talented one like Brian Burns Uh, but an article by the riot report from 2019 uh, they dropped the statistics that since the 99 draft there were 46 defensive ends and pass rushers chosen from picks 1 to 16 and they said out of those selections 23 of those made at at least one pro bowl selection during their career so that's a 50 percent rate when you look at that now obviously there have been some since then uh some that have gone in favor of that theory and some that have gone not against that favor and so i think that uh the panthers i think when they looked at it they said hey we could probably go out and replace this guy in the draft quicker than we could replace derrick brown and that we can pro- uh replace uh brian burns and so i think that was the thinking there obviously last night did not put that in a good line in
5: hindsight. Yeah, no, it didn't. It, you know, look, and It's going to be tough because you can't tune into Thursday night football between what is supposed to be. I mean, that game was made a mockery of. You know, even Shroppy giving us the update. Hey, everybody's going to be paying attention to this game. Yeah. Turned out that Chicago ended their losing streak. They got a victory. Justin Fields looked good. D.J. Moore looked phenomenal. And we heard about Carolina and that trade time and time again. If you look at the way that their skill position group is set up right now, Adam Thielen is performing better than I thought. I know you had him over a thousand yards. Either way, he's the only guy that is consistently performing in the passing game right now. It, you know, he's the only one that is performing at a above average level. Do you expect this pace to keep up, though? Like, if we were to reset, right? It, you are one that yeah, was uh, anticipating <laughs> some good play from Adam Thielen coming into this season. Uh-huh. Do you have any reason to believe that that's going to stop with the struggles that we've seen elsewhere in the passing game?
4: Uh, no, I don't, because for me, it was all about health with him. I know the age, and we talked about the attrition of older receivers, but when you look at him right now, he's 15th in the NFL in receiving yards. He's got more yards than some of these household names like Jamar Chase, D.K. Metcalf, and George Pickens, who a lot of people thought was going to have a phenomenal year he's playing okay so far but uh, Adam Thielen I just felt like him coming in when you looked at the makeup of the room this guy was going to be the de facto number one if by default if you want to look at it that way and so I knew if he stayed healthy playing with a quarterback like Bryce Young that's going to be fairly competent I knew that he could get him the ball and when they talked about how you know he could get off on those short and intermediate routes of course and now more than ever I feel like his importance is there because of the breakdowns in and now that this is a guy that can win quickly and you can find an outlet to get the football to. Now granted, you may not chew up a lot of yards while doing so, because even though the catches are there for him, the yards you still leave a little bit to be desired, but you're getting 71 yards per game from this guy, 71.8 to be exact. And so I think that you have to be more than happy with what you're getting from Adam Thielen right now. And I feel like if he's able to be healthy and be on the field, I think his route running and what he brings to the table in his role is more than enough for him to continue to put up
5: solid numbers. The problem is you can be less than happy with everybody around him in the passing game. Hasn't been working out for DJ Chark. I thought he'd have a bigger role in this offense did miss a game at the beginning of the season due to injury had the contest against Seattle where we saw him on a busted coverage be able to score a touchdown but Terrace Marshall Jr. as much hope as I had for him to be involved got more involved in this last game needs to hold on to the football but was more involved in this last outing it just hasn't been there consistently for TMJ certainly not Mingo despite him having gone through the concussion protocol and then last one I want to mention before we go to the last segment here how about Hayden Hurst if you look at what he did against Atlanta he had 5 receptions on 7 targets had 40 yards and a touchdown he has 79 on the season with more than half of his receiving yards coming against Atlanta has the same amount of receptions against Atlanta as he does the next 3 games combined And you're talking about three targets a contest, and that's it. Three receptions against New Orleans, only one against Seattle, only one against Minnesota. Thrown to just three times each of those games. I did not expect him to have any kind of monster season. Yes. But... I certainly thought he would be a little bit more involved than what he's been the last three games.
4: And I think this is kind of a running theme with tight ends in the NFL. You learn that from playing fantasy football. Outside of the elite, elite tight ends who are focal points of their team's offense, you're not going to see tight ends just week to week just being dominant. But you want to see more from him. And yesterday when we were comparing guys to uh, movie characters, uh cracked me up a little bit. Somebody said that he would be the invisible man. Yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, so you want to see her So I feel like that teams might have looked at that first game against Atlanta and said, okay, this is a guy that we feel like Bryce Young could potentially rely on. And I think that he gets some resources dedicated to him to stopping him. And so I think that kind of slows down uh, what he's got going on as well. But you want to see him reemerge because I think that affects the targets as well. I think teams are making sure that they account for him off of the snap. But uh, you want to see him get back into the column sooner or later with some production
5: all right yeah 100 percent. hopefully we can see every one of those guys really start to get more involved i, I guess we'll, we'll do this one too i did want to mention miles sanders i mean is it safe to say that outside of adam thielen every starting skill group player is disappointing i, I wanted to say starting because chuba hasn't Chuba just continues to churn out tough yards. Mm-hmm. I, you know, big shout-out. Like, I didn't even have as much hope that he could do it again this season, like he did last half, but I always did want to give him credit. But here he is again, West, just running hard between the tackles, picking up blitzes, did so. At, at, not great against Minnesota, to be fair, but was good at picking up those tough yards against Minnesota. Mingo, not off to a start I think that you wanted. TMJ, not off to the start that I think you wanted. Same thing with Hayden Hurst outside of Atlanta. Same thing with DJ Chark outside of Seattle. Everyone has a caveat with them, except for Thielen, who has just been constantly producing. And when you talk about Bryce Young... Throw into a bunch of guys that aren't living up to even what your average expectation was. It's going to be tough for a number one overall quarterback. And Miles Sanders, the other guy that I wanted to bring into this, after having the biggest running back contract in this offseason, man, he's been underperforming too.
4: Certainly. And then you look at D.J. Chark as well. Since he's come back, he goes four catches for 86 yards against Seattle, but did virtually nothing against Minnesota, two for 28. I mean, the average is healthy. But you want to see a lot
5: more from (laughs) him. We definitely need more.
4: You've been you've been disappointed with what you're getting right now. Like you said, Adam Thielen's the only guy. Uh, Miles Sanders came here. He talked a big game when he got here, and there were a lot of people, uh, you know, skeptical of this. I I can't point to many during the off season that did laud uh, this preseason pickup because I think a lot of people felt like he was a product of his environment up there in Philly.
5: Yeah, and then he said this offensive line was oh, as boy. good as. what was it? What was the quote? He said they were as good as the Philadelphia. Is that what he said? Line. Okay, yeah. I know it was either the best offensive line he's played with, or they were as good. Yeah, as he Philly. said they were
4: just as good as Philly.
5: As much as I like the offensive line, that that's one of the best units we've seen in like what the last ten years. Last, it's it's amazing what they have up there. So it's it's been tough. We'll see what they can do against Detroit. Whose defense has improved? It's part of the reason that they're three and one right now, and their defense has improved. Jared Goff's playing well. I mean, they're they're running the football well. Full lunch yeah. ahead of them with those guys. No doubt Dallas about it. Dallas breakfast, as I like to
4: say.
1: You can hear Wes and Walker, live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked, because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier this afternoon on The Kyle Bailey
6: Show... We are live from Charlotte Motor Speedway, high atop, perched atop Charlotte Motor Speedway here in the Speedway Club, ahead of Sunday's Bank of America, Roval 400, the latest stop on the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. We'll talk about that coming up more in depth with Doug Rice, president, anchor, performance racing network, proud app state man. Uh, He'll visit us in person at 420 to talk about the race coming up later this weekend. But let's bring in a good friend of the show. He's in every Friday to preview the weekend ahead in college football and whatever else might be in the news cycle. We've got Chip Patterson of CBSSports.com and the Cover 3 pod. You can see him on the old television on CBS Sports Network. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Chip Patterson, how are you this week, sir?
3: I'm doing well, and, you know, I hope that at some point there will be a time where I get out to the Roval because I've, like, I had a nice little run of coming up to Charlotte for races. I mean, normally for the Coca-Cola, in you know, around Memorial Day, but, um the fall race too always a good time and i ever since they opened it up i haven't gotten out there it's, it's cool school you're on location in advance of sunday
6: oh i love it we, we're up here at the very top of the speedway club we can see the entire track all the foothills off in the background it's a great view man it's a great place to be so i we hope to get you out here soon but uh, let, let me start with yesterday's big news chip before we even get into carolina syracuse tez walker's allowed to play football per the NCAA, but of course it couldn't come without some uh, pot shots and accusations and things of that nature. What did you make of the announcement and North Carolina's response to it?
3: Yeah, I mean, just uh, an incredibly, like, mishandled situation, right? I mean, at every step along the way, you're you're looking at the NCAA and just been like, you really could have made this easier. I mean, it was just like starting at the very beginning in terms of, you know, what is our What's our common sense approach? The NCAA likes to say that when it comes to um, enforcement but also to waivers for eligibility, that they treat each case uh, unique and that there's no such thing as precedent. But I still think that it was excessive with the lack of leniency uh, that the NCAA showed given his case. The strength of the argument, I have always believed, is that he only actually played football for one other program, and that program at Kent State, you know, was offering their support for uh, Walker's eligibility. So, you know, just a, a frustrating several weeks for Mac Brown for Tez Walker. You know, probably first and foremost, but now at least he gets the opportunity to not just be an honorary captain, but maybe be a part of an ACC championship run.
6: I mean, I, do we expect him to play tomorrow? And, and how much better or how much does he elevate this offense when he's out there?
3: You know, time will tell in terms of the, the second part of that, how much will he elevate it uh, just because, you know, that will probably be getting caught up to speed. So here's here's what I was considering. So leading into the South Carolina game, the report indicated that he was running with the ones, that he was preparing as though he was going to be in the starting lineup. He ended up not getting eligible just before the game. And I don't know exactly what his role has been, but I know that he has remained with the team in a way where uh, it should not take much of a runway for him to get up to full speed. But I would not expect that, you know, if Tez Walker plays against Syracuse, and I'm honestly, I hope he is able to, you know, just to get out there, uh, get in that offense, starting to find your spot again. Um, yeah, but how how he changes that feeling that's only. That's going to take a couple games to figure out. Because I mean, Kyle, honestly, the ceiling is Drake May. Like Tez Walker is a, is a great extra addition, but when you have Drake May at the quarterback, you no, know, he helps JJ Jones elevate what he can be. He helps Nate McCollum elevate what he can be. Um, Tez Walker is a, is a very very skilled wide receiver, but in terms of the North Carolina offense as a whole, uh, I kind of see that ceiling riding up and down uh, with the quarterback.
6: I'm right there with you. Now, um, Syracuse tomorrow. I mean, they're they're going to Chapel Hill. Carolina's a nine and a half, ten point favorite, depending upon where you get it. Syracuse, uh, you know, they played Clemson tough last week but took their first loss of the season. I like North Carolina in this one, but I'm curious to see how Dino's club responds. What do you expect this looks like?
3: Yeah, I I think it'll be a little nervy, you know. I did not end up making a play, kind of a stay-away moment for me on the Cover 3 podcast when we do our locks on Thursdays, but... You know, the historically, uh, under Mac Brown, North Carolina teams coming out of a bye week, it's not always going to be their best performance. Sometimes it, it takes a little bit of time to, to get up and moving after uh, having that week off from Saturday competition. I, I also understand that while the Syracuse offense is, is kind of plays football with one hand tied behind its back, what I mean by that is that it's best pass catcher tied into Rondé Gadsden, you know, him being out with an injury really is, you know, Garrett Schrader running the ball, uh, in the ground game in general is how they get it done. They moved the ball a little bit against Clemson. They did not do a good job of finishing drives. And that's where I think North Carolina's defense in year two under Gene Chiswick, you know, you preach that bend but don't break. This is that kind of game. I would not be surprised if the quarterback runs it allows Syracuse to be able to move the ball, but then it's really going to be on that defensive line to bow up in red zone and in third down situations and scoring position. Try to make sure that they don't get uh, that they don't get touchdowns over the course of four quarters. North Carolina should win this game. Spread seems a little bit too big uh, given some of that history of coming off the bye week. So that's why I say nervy, right? I, I'm talking to the North Carolina fans listening right now. Going to be in Keenan Stadium. And saying like, bring him down as Schrader's running all over the field. Uh, but I think that over the course of four quarters, North Carolina is just a much better football team.
6: I don't think there's any doubt about it. We got Chip Patterson, CBS Sports. dot com, the Cover Three podcast. He is with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. NC State. Um, is they're making a quarterback change. They're going back to M.J. Morris after the Armstrong experiment just hasn't worked out to this point for a number of reasons. Um, You know, they lost to Louisville in an ugly game that featured 23 total points, and now they get Charles Huff and Marshall. And Charles Huff's a good coach. His team's 4-0. I don't think he's got a great quarterback situation, but his team is physical. This is a game chip that I think NC State should win, but I don't know that it's going to come easy. What, What does this look like to you?
3: Yeah, like, I, like we've been saying, man, nothing comes easy with this NC State team. The yeah. offensive line uh, – uh, so offensive line should be getting healthier this week and that should lead to better play because the performance that we've seen from NC State's offensive line has made life difficult for everybody, not just Brendan Armstrong. I would say wide receivers as well. You know, if the offensive line is getting healthier, hopefully a little bit more time for those wide receiver routes to develop, the past game is able to pick up too. Um I think about the words that Dave Doran used when he said a spark with you're putting in MJ Morris, you know, he's, I get the sense that they recognize there are still issues like offensive line, like wide receiver, that changing the quarterback is not going to do, but, but what will a change do in order to just, you know, generate something through the locker room? And that's because I think NC State's defense, Peyton Wilson, I mean the rest of that group, they've been pouring their hearts out. They've been playing winning football almost every single week. I mean, they gave up four explosive plays to Notre Dame that totally changed the game. And I swear, like all the other snaps that I've seen this NC State defense, uh, they've been playing well enough to win. And I just think, and this is not like, this is just the way that I'm I'm imagining the thought process. You're saying I can't look at the defense in the eye and not say we're going to try something different. Cause it's just not working to not make a change and show those players that you are willing to do whatever it takes to improve the results on the offensive side of the ball, especially with a player who has shown the potential like MJ Morris. I think that would have done a disservice to those players. Yeah, and I think that that's where this move is really coming from. I don't know if MJ Morris is going to fix all of their issues, but it might help keep this team together during a crucial stretch of the season.
6: All right, we got a couple of big spreads tomorrow in the ACC. Let's start with Wake Forest at Clemson in Death Valley. Uh, Three and one, Wake. Three and two, Clemson. But the Tigers at home favored by three touchdowns. Does Wake keep it inside that number? I mean, they did just get doubled up by Georgia Tech.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Mitch Griffith has been turning the ball over way too much. Yeah. And I know that that's what they've been spending the off week trying to you know get worked out and help them develop. And it's a very interesting proposition than what you know, John Walford had at the start of his tenure at Wake Forest, or, or maybe even you know Sam Hartman at the beginning of his tenure, where some of those rough patches that you have early in your career within that system, I don't think that we were as critical at that time because we didn't have the same standard for Wake Forest football that we do right now. And right now, Mitch Griffiths is going through some of that, that same early refining period where in the, the history of the Dave Clawson program, you understand that's the proposition, right? Like, we're going to get this guy in, and he is going to be our quarterback for three, four years. And then we're going to get another quarterback, and he'll be our quarterback for three, four years. And I just think that it feels as though those struggles are magnified because we expect Wake Forest football to be uh, in that top tier of the ACC, and they just simply aren't. And part of that is because of the quarterback struggles. So I – I really worry um, you know, for Wake Forest in this game in particular because Clemson's defense is the best defense in the ACC, um, and that's going to make life really difficult for a quarterback who's already struggled against worse defenses this year.
6: Last thing I'll let you go. Uh, Virginia Tech, Florida State, they've spent the last 17 years on opposite sides of this conference in different divisions, but there's history there. They faced each other in the national championship game and, and a couple of ACC championship games. Uh, and Florida State's obviously much further along in their rebuild. They're back, so to speak, top five in the country, whereas Virginia Tech seemingly bottomed out against Marshall a couple of weeks ago. They make a quarterback change to Kyron Drones. They get a wide receiver healthy, and all of a sudden, you know, they're putting up points against Pittsburgh. Interestingly, Chip, there's been a lot of money coming in on Virginia Tech to cover this week. I don't think they win the game, but I do think with Florida State's struggles this year in defending mobile quarterbacks, this one could be more interesting than the spread would indicate.
3: Yeah, and, you know, Florida State has been having another team. Like, so Florida State, Miami, and North Carolina are all coming off bye weeks, and I have zero trust that any of those teams, all undefeated, are going to be able to handle it with their maturity, right? Like, yeah. I just – Florida State's had the off week, to just think about how awesome they are and how they haven't lost. And now I would not be surprised if a Virginia Tech team that has, shoot, been through hell, man, like, it's gotten really bad, and they have finally sort of – found a few bits of pieces of success that they can hang on to. And Virginia Tech's going to go in there, you know, looking to punch them in the mouth. The other thing, and this is what I think is driving the money. uh, This is what I suspect is that Florida State looks at its next three games as all winnable without being a hundred percent. And that whether it's Jordan Travis limiting his exposure in in terms of getting that shoulder hurt worse or players who actually could come back, who they'll give another week to, no, they got uh, Virginia Tech, they got Duke, they got Wake Forest. I think Mike Norvell's not going to do anything outside of what's needed to win by seven points. And so you look at 24.5 and those motivations for Florida State to keep everybody healthy and get games with over quickly, uh, I think that that might be what's motivating some of the, uh, the increase in money.
6: Makes sense to me. Chip Patterson, com, with us every Friday here in the opening hour of the show. Chip, we appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you in a week.
3: Sounds good. Y'all be well.
1: Tune in to Instant Replay. When the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports
2: fan.